Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt. I'll be hosting this podcast, as I, I host at least one a week. Um, with me this week are my fantastic co-hosts, uh, editor-in-chief and all-around good person. I mean, what am I going with this? I was going to say something, and I don't know what happened. Anyway, it's Liz. Say hi, Liz. Howdy. Uh, Liz just moved. And it's currently mm. coming to us live from an empty house, more or less, or at least an empty. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there may be a little echo. Yeah, I, like I, I did that last year, so I know how that feels. Um, it's always kind of weird because you're like, this isn't my usual, my beautiful spot. This isn't, you know, <laughs> this isn't at all what I'm used to. So, you know, good luck in the new house. Uh, I hope everything goes well. Um, with us also is Joe Perez, uh, who's kind of like Gadfly, Gadmount, Battlemount Town. I don't know what the word is. Gadfly, not Gadfly, no. <laughs> I got no idea. I'm having a weird day, like, guys. Were you, trying to, were you trying to call me a Grundlefly? Because that's a, even weirder, man. No, I, I'm definitely not trying to call you that. Or or you mean Grundle or Brundle? Brundle. Brundle. Oh, yeah. okay. No, no, no. You're definitely not. I, I mean, nobody would say no to being merged with Jeff Goldblum, but the fly <laughs> part, I don't think any of us want. Man, I just wish I could have those abs. Anyway. But yeah, we're, we're here to talk about Blizzard and its various games, and also... We're a little nutty right now because at least Joe and I have been playing nothing but Baldur's Gate. Uh, in my case, I've been playing Baldur's Gate and Diablo 4. So I've got this like mind melange of two storylines that is just uh, weird, guys. Yeah, and for me, it's been Baldur's Gate and uh, creating a world or an Earth in the uh, Marvel Multiverse role-playing game that just came out like two weeks ago that I have been designing my own Earth number to you know have fun with. Oh, is so. that thing finally out? Yeah, it's it's we, out. We, we should. We I wanted to, that. I wanted to talk about that during the pre-show. We can talk about it later. But yes, I'm going to want to run this at some point. It's a very nice system, and I will gush about it probably on the next pre-show. All right, but for right now, we're going to talk about you know various things going on for Blizzard because that's what we do. Um, first up, I think is going to be. I'm going to say we're going to go with the ArcLight Rumble news. Um, namely that it's ArcLight Rumble now and not ArcLight. No, 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 it's, it's Warcraft you, Rumble. You not. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Liz. I was giving Liz a problem there. I'm sorry. Do you want to talk about it? I mean, you've gotten to play it, whereas I haven't. Um, uh, Sure. I actually thought the ArcLight part was the most interesting part of the title. And now they've dropped the ArcLight part. So it's just Warcraft Rumble. And uh, the beta has ended in the United States. It's only going on in... Uh, it's, I believe the beta is going on in Canada, Australia, and several places in Europe, and it should have just opened in the Philippines. So that means I can no longer play it. I thought it was a really fun, really polished game. I mean, it's been in beta for at least closed beta for quite a while. Didn't it like and come out last year, I want to say? I mean, it was announced last year at last year's uh, BlizzCon Online. Okay. And it's just know. kind of been sitting... 
It was in it was on the iPhone or I, the iOS for a little while, wasn't it? No, no, it was not. It's just it's only been in beta. Uh, I mean, okay. it was. I played it on iOS, but it's only been in a beta client. So but the, the beta client now for other countries has Android as well, right? You can get it Android or iOS. Yes, I mean, I believe you could always all ah, words. You could you could play it on Android or iOS in the beta, but uh, yes, other countries still have beta testing. I mean, the problem with this announcement is that it's kind of low on substance. It's like, okay, we've changed the name. That's cool. Warcraft Rumble. That sounds that sounds pretty cool. Though they've ditched, you know, the acronym, which would have been or, war. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Fine. That's a personal cho- choice to make. It's fine. D- but. There's really not substance here. You know, what we really want is a release date. We want to know when we're going to be able to actively play this for real. And we don't know. All all this was was a name change. And, oh, hey, there's some beta testing, regional beta testing in other countries. And I, I have trouble getting excited about it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but at least now, it feels like at least they're... They've, if they've changed the name, then at least they haven't forgotten that they're putting it out. <laughs> Which sometimes, I, you know, sometimes with these games, it, it, you you wonder, like, does Blizzard remember yeah. that this thing exists? It's like like with Diablo Immortal, which I still think is a really great Diablo game. It's yeah. just the monetization is terrible and annoying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was in testing for so long, and they were quiet about it for so long. But every time we got to play the game, like at BlizzCon. It was super polished and great. And they were just like, you're just sitting on this great game. It, it kind of feels the same with with uh, Warcraft Rumble. I keep wanting to insert the arc light in the middle of there. Because, you know, even the first time I got into the beta, which was maybe 10 months ago at this point, it's been a while. The first time I got in, it was super polished. The graphics looked great. The gameplay was really fun. And, you know, it's one of those addictive little games. It's like you start playing, you can collect different heroes and different mercenaries to fill out your team. And on different maps you attack, you're going to want to use different combinations of heroes and mercenaries to complete each one. You have to level all of them. And it just felt, it was just really fun. It's one of those grippy games where you're just like, okay, I'm going to play one match. Oh, well, I finished that match. Let's do another one. And it it plays fast. It was just a really slick gameplay experience. And I'm surprised that it has not come out. I've just, it feels like they're sitting on something that's really, really great and was already super polished. That's fair. But um, I want to kind of jump from that to, Something else because there's a prime gaming thing going on that I, I didn't know so about. So many, yeah, so many one, prime gaming things. This is one that I had actually missed, and uh, Liz pointed it out. So I want to make sure we mention it. Uh, Diablo Four's got not not just one, but four of the Diablo Four um, battle passes skips. You can skip four tiers using Prime Gaming. Uh, I don't. I, I tried to look it up on the Prime Gaming site, and it's there. But when I clicked on it, I kept getting an error. Uh, possibly oh. because there's a massive thunderstorm outside my house right now. Mm. And at any moment we could be struck by lightning. Uh, I say that that's not a joke. There's actually been a lightning strike in my neighborhood. Um, so yeah, I don't know much about it other than the fact that those are cool things to have because, you know, a, skipping a tier in a, on a battle pass means, Hey, I get that thing that the tier gives me a little bit faster. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. And it's prime gaming. So really all you have to do to get it is to go to your, Amazon Prime account and just, you know, see what it wants. Like it, it usually just click on it and boom, you got it. Um, that was the case with the last time I used it. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, we've got other stuff too, though. Prime's got actually got a bunch of stuff uh, this time around. And I did not find anything on Twitch. Did, did you see any Twitch drops? I don't believe there are any live Twitch drops for any yeah. of those games right now, but yeah. that could change. Yeah, it could. Uh, I could not. I did not find any, so I am going to just go with what I did find. Uh, Amazon Prime's got the Silver Pig in World of Warcraft, the Silver Pig pet that used to be, uh, I think it was China only, or was, was it Asia yeah, in general? It was, it was, I think it was China only, but I could be wrong. Yeah, that one's going to be there till August 23rd, um, and it's cute. It's a cute little Silver Pig. I mean, if you've seen pigs in Warcraft, you know they're cute. It's that. So you can go get that pet, and yay. Um, there's a Reinhardt skin, the Reinhardt Conductor Legendary skin. That's available for Overwatch 2 up until August 16th. Um, and 
The last one that I can mention here uh, the, is is actually up till August 22nd, but it's it's a random epic, sta- a standard epic card for Hearthstone. So you can just get that up until August 22nd. It's a random epic card. I mean, you you know if you play Hearthstone, you know what that means, and if you don't, you probably don't care. So there you go. The um, nice thing about those random epic cards is because Hearthstone has duplicate protection. Unless you have every standard random, every standard epic card, when you get that, you're going to get a new epic card that you don't already have. Which is cool. Uh, yep. Because you know, it's free. I mean, you, you know, there it is. Um, but that's pretty much it for, for Amazon Prime give handouts this month that we're aware of. There's nothing else that we're currently seeing coming out for any particular Blizzard game. So instead, I'll talk about something going on. Uh, well, no, we should talk about the, the Grand Prix first. The Kalimdor Grand Prix is from the 15th to the 28th of August. That's the uh, flying races throughout Kalimdor, am I correct? Or is it something else? Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a series of uh, dragon riding races back in the old continent in Kalimdor. Uh, I know there are some transmog rewards for it. Does anyone... Do either of y'all it's, know exactly what the rewards are? It's basically riding. Le- it's a it's a transmog. It's a riding riding leathers. Like it makes you look like an aviator. It's neat. I do. I do love transmog, but I'm very bad at dragon racing. So I I, mm. I will do a lot of things for a flap hat with a set of goggles. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, yes, he will. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> But, you know, that's so that's going on. That's actually really cool because, like Liz just pointed out, these are dragon riding races, but they are they work in Kalimdor. You can actually go and do dragon riding in Kalimdor, which is a good first step for possibly just having dragon riding throughout uh, the world of Warcraft. And you look, I, I moved the title of the game in there. So, yeah, um, Ooh. that's a segue. No, it is. Uh, but but I do think that it, it's an interesting thing to see. Uh, it, it is. Because for one thing, we could possibly get other Grand Prix. We could possibly get an Eastern Kingdoms one or a North Northrend one or, you know, a, Pand- a Pandaria one. And that would be pretty neat, in my opinion. Um, and also it means that maybe we'll someday just maybe dragon riding will become flying. Uh, that is something some people have talked about negatively. Some people have talked about positively. I currently, I like dragon riding, but I do agree that it can kind of have a high skill, skill ceiling to get anywhere mm-hmm. with it. And I do understand why some people just want to be able to fly. Uh, but it would still be nice if we could ride our dragon riding mounts everywhere, like not just on the dragon isles. So we'll see what happens with that. But I do think it's an interesting thing to, dis- to discuss and talk about because it is cool to see that feature get expanded on during the expansion. Um, just like we've seen other stuff. Liz, I heard you talk. One about. thing I'm really interested in seeing is when you do dragon racing in the dragon isles, you know, you clearly have courses specifically designed for that. You have you know, things to go under or through or over. You have things to dodge. You have trees that I always, always run into. And, you know, it's like designed to make a race course. And, you know, Kalimdor wasn't designed with any of this in mind. So I'm curious how these racetracks will look and feel and how they might give us a new perspective on Kalimdor by doing these races in at least slightly new environments. Yeah. I mean, how, how much of the, you know, how hard is it going to be to get the game to, to feel night, right. Like to get the races to feel like they belong in the areas they're put in. Um, that is a good point. Um, we will see how that works out. Uh, Joe, you got anything here? Nope. I, okay, then- I like dragon riding. We're dragon riding. Good. Give me. Okay. Then we will move on to something that Liz literally just caught as we were about to do the show. Uh, if you guys remember back in uh, March and April, I think we had the, to the first week of May, uh, we had the Turbulent Timeways event, and that's coming back. Apparently, it starts, I want to say, uh, September. Um, that's when you linked it, I think. Yes. September 26th to uh, October 30th. So, yeah. It is, it's coming with patch 10.1.7, which mm-hmm. uh, is releasing on September 5th. So, so yeah. There's oh, so much. There's so much content. There's so in much this year. Yeah. That, like, in fact, that's something else to mention. Um, since we, since Liz just mentioned it, yeah, we're also getting 10.1.7 in a month, mm-hmm. less than a month. That's going to be out next month. How am I supposed to keep up with all of this content? I don't know. Uh, and we don't like. I mean, that's a lot. They, their content pace has been 
close to blistering this expansion. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually it's kind of amazing, really, and a little like sometimes I'm kind of surprised by it. Um, but yeah, that's so that's happening, and the that'll also basically be close to when we're getting the uh, turbulent timeways event is the 26th. The Grand Prix ends on the 28th, and uh, you know 10.1.7 will have been out for about a month at that point when it starts, and it's going all the way through October. It's going till like the last day of October. Uh, no, no, next to last day of October. So it's did going we, all the way up to the 30th. Did we actually stop to say what turbulent timeways was? Oh yeah, no. sorry, I was in the middle of it. Um, basically, <laughs> it's it's like the time walking events, except instead of having one week. And then you don't see it again for like a couple of months. It's basically going to be every expansion over six weeks getting time, getting a time walking week. So, and I don't I actually remember. Really, I really liked it. It started, yeah, it, it started from the beginning forward, didn't it? I like, think so. But I know, I think it was think, like, go ahead. It's, I think it started in wrath because that was where they were in kind of the rotation of time walking, but then it went all the way around. Yeah. That's why it makes me wonder if it's going to do that again. Like, yeah. Like if since Wrath was the one last time, then Cataclysm would be the one this time. So maybe it'll start in Cataclysm and then go to Mists, then go to Warlords, then go to uh, Legion, then BFA, then back around. Um, actually, I guess they don't have Shadowlands yet, do they? There's no Shadowlands. No, time no not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, generally, so. generally speaking, we're not going to get something like that until either way, 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 way tail end of this expansion or next expansion. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't leaving it out. But yeah, regardless, it rotates through all of them and, you know, you get a chance for, you know, I think the last one was, was item level 402 to 411, or is that the I new one? I don't remember. Uh, not, actually, I'm seeing this, you know, uh, no, no, that's the last one was item level 402 to 411 gear dropped at the end. You would, you would get a chest with, with at least one once you'd run the four dungeons. So yeah, um, that's probably not going to be the case again. It'll probably go up because gear has gotten better. What with you know the various new raids and new events going on, uh, but you know we'll see. I don't think they've announced what the gear will be yet. Ah, so anyway, but that's you know so the timeways we've mentioned that. Is there anything else from your uh, your uh, things I hadn't mentioned yet that we hadn't gotten to? Uh, I think you got it. Okay, so yeah, this calendar, the release date. We, should we talk about what ten point one point seven is gonna be? Like, do we actually? Uh, how much do we know? We should probably talk about that. We actually know a fair amount about ten one seven. Yeah, Wow has been doing these just huge, you know, previews of the patch well before we get them. So we we have a pretty good idea. Uh, we're going to get some dream surges, which are Another open world event. I'm I'm kind of getting tired of these. Are y'all getting tired of yet another open world event? Can I no, be honest? It's a gear catch up. It, it is a year catch up, which is fine. And if uh, I do it for, I use it for my alts, but I don't bother mm-hmm. with it if I don't need to catch up. Yeah, I've started to find them really tedious. But I mean, it sounds it sounds cool. If you need to catch up gear, this is probably going to be the way when ten one seven comes out. Uh, it's basically these dream portals will be opening. It's going to be in one specific zone every week with uh, weekly quests and gear rewards that you can get. Uh, but it's basically, it's a lot like every other event. And you go in and you fight some elites that are there. You do quests and then you come back and do it again in a new zone next week. Yeah. So I- that's, that's fine. I don't I, have a problem with it, but yeah, I understand why people are not super excited about it. I'm interested to see how it ties into the story of the expansion because yes. we've got some stuff that you know we need to deal on with that. So uh, yeah, I wonder if we're going to get to dig into some more Green Dragonflight story here. We do know there are some new quest chains. There's going to be a Draenei related quest chain with Velen and another quest chain called Reforging Tear. So both of these sound really interesting. I'm I'm just, I'm always interested, at least this expansion, I'm really interested to see where they're taking the story because I think Dragonflight has gone in directions that we haven't seen in Warcraft in a while. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also, um, quite frankly, I want to make sure that adventurers don't try to put Tyr on once they've reforged <laughs> him because, you know, oh, he must be Tyr again. No, he's actually Tyr. It's, it's spelled differently as well. Um, but Joe, since you're my lore friend, I know you're going to talk about it on Lore Watch. 
Um, but is there anything in particular you're like hoping gets covered? I mean, hope is a strong word. I don't know because we've gotten some very interesting things around here already. Um, we've gotten to see some stuff with the alternate time waves. We've gotten to see some stuff with, um, you know, his memories and, and doing stuff like that. Um, the only thing that I really can hope for would be maybe some more discussion about Galakrond and that experimentation. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because, and this is mild spoilers if you haven't done the Mega Dungeon, um, that is a central point of one of the parts of the Timeway, where they go back to the fall of Galakrond. Uh, and, you know, Ritochron may have made out with, uh, or made off with uh, <laughs> a certain... <laughs> Made out with no, I was going to say he made wow. out with the void. I was going to say he made out with the void, um, which he might have. Who knows? Uh, but no, he he made off with uh, a bunch of that energy. And if we can get Tyr online again, we can find out what Tyr did and why that why they'd be going after it. Right. Because that's what we don't know. We don't know what his plan is. And it's one of those uh, few times where uh, Eridicron did not Xanathos the plan, right? He did not tell everybody his plan while standing triumphantly at the, at his escape portal. He just said, cool. I got what I want. Peace. And left. He did. He did the smart villain thing. So now we have to kind of catch up and figure out what he's doing. And tier is probably going to be the key to that. And I think, I think that would be the most interesting thing is we wake him up. Uh, we bring him back. We put him in a body and we go, Hey, by the way, all this stuff has happened. We trauma dump on him. Watch him freak out a little bit, and then he tells us why why things are, you know, what we actually need to worry about. Because Odin ain't going to tell us. Tier, tier might. Yeah, that's a fair point. Odin, Odin's idea of telling you what's going on is to throw you in a Pokeball at some point. Oh, and that's the other thing that might happen, too. Sorry, not to, not to completely side rail, because this is going to be a lore watch thing at some point, folks. Trust me. Uh, but we also might start f- figuring out what's going on in Alduar. Because if we tell Tier that, you know, by the way, Odin is up uh, back on Alduar... He's probably going to want to know what's going on, too. So we're probably going to get to finally start getting some traction down that storyline, which I've been curious about since we reoriginated and I'm air quoting an old god. So, yeah, it's interesting. But we a lot of there's a lot of threads in Warcraft. So we'll we'll get to see how much of it gets dealt with. Um, I should mention one thing. Oh, go ahead, Liz. One thing is I, I currently have Tears Hammer and I'm currently wielding it or transmogging into it. He cannot have that back. That's mine now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, just I, I'm just I'm saying that for the record. I mean, I, for all that get his doom hammer back, that's in my bag. Yeah, I honestly <laughs> thought that that hammer was was made out of his hand. Um, I don't think it's literally made about made out of his hand. I think I thought it's it was like, I, because you know I, he, he didn't have it when he when he before he lost his hand. So no, so actually that's that's uh, in the timeways. So when you're going through and doing the um, the new mega dungeon. One of the things you go and fight is a a version of Tyr, um, and that version of Tyr has a hammer that is the same hammer that the Paladins have. It's just corrupted by the infinite time ways. So, does I, he have two hands? He does have two hands. Okay. Oh, we should mention before we move on to something else. There are some other things that we know they they basically put out uh, some updates for the PTR, which is called Fury Incarnate, by the way. So you know, there's that. Um, New face markings and body tattoos for night elves. So of the three of us here, I am the only one who plays a night elf regularly. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you have my attention. <laughs> um, there's going to be the dra- greater draconic file cauldron. It's going to last five minutes instead of three minutes. Uh, and then there's the ping system, which is basically the, you know, Warcraft's had a ping system for a while, but it's just getting some updates and, and accessibility tweaks. Uh, it doesn't look tremendously changed, but you know the mini map t- tracking now will work for Tuskar tackle boxes. You can toggle it with with find fish, uh, amazingly enough. So if you don't want to find it, you can use find fish to not find it. I guess um, the rest of it is like there's there's two modes to activate the ping wheel, removing the need to click and drag the mouse to select pings. Uh, press and release the hotkey while triggering a ping at mouse position and press and hold the hotkey, which will trigger the radial wheel at the position the hotkey was originally pressed. So that's two ways to use that. Um, I mean, can't you use it to do like call out messages like you would in games like Overwatch and other things like, hey, come to this point and attack or assist or etc. 
there's ping chat lines as well. Uh, I yeah. So yeah. like it's a fast communication method, particularly if you aren't using voice chat. Uh, yep. I use voice chat, so I don't know if I'm going to use this, but it does sound like a good thing to add for more casual gameplay, which, you know, you may not have voice chat with everyone. Yeah. And it's something that lots of other games have, like Apex Legends yeah. has it, uh, you know, so it's, it's a good thing to bring in. Plus, I mean, the more things get copied from Apex Legends, the more chance that we'll get Titans from Titanfall inside World of Warcraft. And, you know, there we go. <laughs> Pretty good. I want a giant robot. I, I don't feel like I'm the only person who feels that way. But, um, yeah, that we should probably talk about WoW Classic Hardcore Mode, which is um, on the 24th, or do you have something else? I do I do have two small things about 10.17. Okay, go for though, it. Though, depending on your point of view, they may not be small things. One is new heritage armor for Night Elves and Forsaken. So, Matt, new transmog for your Night Elf. Yeah, I was a little surprised that they did that, actually, considering that they did the Night Elf and Forsaken armor in Battle for Azeroth. Mm-hmm. Like they did that, but, and they, in fact, since they did multiple types of armor, it's like they had a leather one and a cloth one and a plate one and a male one. So I was a little surprised, but then again, they did humans recently and it's like humans and orcs. Wow. There's, there's two groups that don't have any armor designed after them. <laughs> so yeah, why not? Why not? And I forsaken, I actually think could use a heritage armor mm-hmm. um, forsaken for all that, you know, there's a lot of, death and skull looks that's not necessarily a forsaken thing that's usually much more of a death knight or uh warlock mm-hmm. thing so i'd like to see what what do forsaken get as their for lack of a better word their their heritage armor what do they get what is their heritage they haven't been around that long so what are we drawing on is it like do you just wear brill are you just wearing <laughs> like the, the weird buildings from brill on your shoulders um what's the deal i i am curious to see what this ends up looking um, so this leaves uh, trolls are the last vanilla race that do not have heritage armor. Uh, Draenei too, right? Well, I was just saying vanilla race. So it's oh, trolls yeah. and Draenei are the only two without heritage armor at this point. And considering we're getting a Draenei story with Velen, it seems like it would have been a good time to go ahead and add uh, some Draenei heritage armor. Of course, then that would just leave trolls as the last sad race out without their own look. I oh. let me except I'm not not counting for allied races. Are trolls and Draenei actually it? Because I know Blood Elves got one, yeah. didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Blood Elves, like me, got that we were pretty early on the list, actually. Yeah, I and even some of the some of the allied races have it, don't they? Like I'm, I mean, I'm allied sure. races allied races had heritage armor from the beginning, I'm pretty sure. Didn't they? That oh. was a thing if you leveled them all the way to max. That makes yes, that is without cool. right. race changing or boosting, you got the heritage armor. So yeah, okay. they've had it since the beginning. But so, you, yeah, gnomes, you trolls. gnomes have it. I remember gnomes mm-hmm. getting it. Uh Touring have it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think it is just trolls and Draenei at this point. They are the only yes. two that haven't got it yet. Uh, I know, I know like like goblins and worgen got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah. remember the top hats. Uh, so yeah. So at trolls, if you want to, you can get the blood troll look by doing uh, the trading post this month. If you're into the blood troll look, if you don't want a blood troll look, you're still. I'm sorry, can't help you. Who knew that you know doing ever a set of armor without shoes would be so hard? It would be easier. <laughs> you, know, look, uh, you don't even have shoes, but no, apparently not. Mm. But yeah, I. I is that it? Or do you have anything else? We're also getting holiday updates to Hallow's End and Brewfest. And I was reading from a post I wrote, and now I see a typo, and it's going to consume me until I fix it. Um, uh, Hallow's End, Brewfest, and Day of the Dead. Hallow's End has a totally new quest line, uh, which is going to be interesting. I love that they're going back and revisiting these things because they have been the same for so long. So, yeah. so long. So I'm about the end of, of vanilla. Like uh, Hell's End came in during vanilla. It wasn't, it was just before BC and uh, they've made a few changes here and there, but it's still basically go to the, go to the Scarlet Monastery and fight the headless horsemen. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I'm really looking forward to that, to doing Hell's End and it is something new, something different. Yeah. And uh, they've been saying all along that they're working on holiday updates. So yeah, it's good to see them do that. However, I'm going to mention it now. Um, WoW Classic Hardcore Mode is this month. I think it is August 24th. That's what I have written down here, and I'm the one that wrote it, so I'm pretty sure I meant it. Um, and they now have a post over at the Blizzard official site telling you what's 
what it's going to be like to log on to a, a hardcore server. Um, when the hardcore servers go up, which is again at the end of this month, there will be no phases. Everything will be open from the start. It'll just be it'll be like going on to a server that is at the end of its its phase cycle. They are just skipping it all and putting the last content availability onto the thing. That's what hardcore is going to be from the beginning. Um, they're also putting in some changes to how the gameplay works. For instance, there's a 24 hour lockout on dungeons. They don't want people to be just in dungeons constantly. They don't want people to just run dungeons to level. Uh, they want people to actually have to go out and run around in the world uh, because that's the whole idea of the hardcore thing is to, to make it, you have to face more of the threats of the, of the natural world. Uh, they're also making it difficult to, you can't really snare and kite as much. They're making it harder. Uh, they don't, and they're also getting rid of the group XP thing where you have somebody who's like level 60 and someone who's level five in a group and the level 60 guy kills everything and everybody else gets massive XP for it. They are deliberately changing that. They're making it a reduction to group XP earned when there is a large disparity between player levels in the same group. Mm -hmm. So you won't be able to do something that they, to this day, people do. Um, we've all seen one of the things they do is, is doesn't use the level disparity. There's just like, you know, get a raid group together and have one guy tag everything who's not in the raid group. And then the raid group opens up on it and annihilates it. And that person gets boosted because he's killing everything technically. Uh, so I don't know if they, I don't think they're, they've got any plans to try and figure out that one, but they have figured out the, the simpler way to do it, which is just to group up with your more powerful friends and have them carry you. Uh, you won't get as much experience for doing that. So that's interesting. Um, but every associated quest for Dire Maul will be available from the start. Um, anything that drops from dungeon bosses, it will follow the late, the last iteration. It'll be like the, you know, the last phase of, of WoW Classic Era. Um, the Hand of Justice Trinket will drop from Emperor Thorason, not General Angerforge, as an example. So everything the way it is on a, a last server. Uh, on a live, you know, a WoW Classic server that's already been through all its phases. Uh, and the dungeon sets will be available. Um, all the dungeon sets, including 0.5 dungeon sets. So the the slightly upgraded versions of dungeon sets that, that came out near the end of Vanilla's live run, that those, they're going to be available from the start. Uh, of course, you'll have to get up to level 60 to get them. And it's a hardcore server. So if you die, you won't be. And one other thing to keep in mind is that they're putting guards on places that don't have guards in regular WoW Classic and in the original game when we played it. For example, Light's Hope is going to have a lot of guards. You can't just run into Light's Hope and murder people. Uh, there are guards there. They will fight you. Uh, so that's another thing to keep in mind. If you're doing hardcore, you don't necessarily want to mess around with the guards because they will probably kill you. And if they do, you will be dead. Especially if Corfax <laughs> is still there. Remember Corfax? <laughs> I remember Corfax. Yeah, if, if that, that dude's there, you don't want to start anything. Trust me on that. Uh uh, who could forget that time when we were all playing Death Knights together and Corfax uh, just decided he needed to murder all of us even after the scenario ended and oh, yeah. we were yeah. all, theoretically, we were all friends again. Yeah, except still aggroing. <laughs> still yeah. aggroing. <laughs> so yeah, definitely don't mess with Corfax. Uh, but that's that. Um, the only thing left to mention, I think, is, um, well, patch 1.1.1 is now live in Diablo 4. Uh, if you've not been keeping track of that whole lot of changes at this point, I think every class got buffs. Yeah. Yeah. So every it's class. Been, got buffed. I feel like it's really interesting how Diablo has been handling this. And it is basically you get a buff and you get a buff and you get a buff. Obviously we had patch 1.1 come out and we got some nerfs, but now Blizzard is like, well, actually maybe, maybe some buffs, maybe we'll yeah. bring everyone up. And like, Considering my paladin yesterday just got a, not yesterday, today, today is Tuesday. Do you mean the servers came up and my paladin got a 5% nerf to healing. Oh, you so mean, it's, okay. Yeah, you mean, yeah, it, and, wow. yeah and I, I've switched games. I've switched topics entirely. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. everyone trying to find, trying to follow the conversation in my head. Uh, it's nice to just log on and have things be better instead of log on and, oh, I do 5% less healing across the board now. Okay, that's that's great. That's great. I'm I'm good. I'm cool. Fine. But yeah, um with that, uh the last thing to mention I is the Diablo 4 short story. 
Uh, cool. Teeth of the Plague. It's going live today. Uh, so if you want to read that, it's up at the Blizzard site. Um, I have not gotten to read it yet because I just found out about it when I was writing <laughs> this email. Uh, I knew that it was going to happen, but I didn't know when. So, yeah, but it's out. Uh, it is looks to be a Druid-centric story. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Joe likes Druids, so he might read it. And maybe we'll get to talk to it by the time Laura watches up. Oh, I plan on reading it. I haven't had a chance yet, but yeah. Did we mention the invasion trailer for Overwatch 2? No. We haven't. Okay. Uh, there's a new trailer for Overwatch 2's uh, invasion event. It's actually interesting because whilst we have not necessarily always had a positive reaction to it over around here, I do think all three of us do want them to do more PvE stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, even if it is not necessarily the way we wanted it. Um, I will say that I, I didn't know there was a new hero coming. Uh, I didn't know Alari was coming. I know nothing about Alari at this point, other than Alari seems to use a lot of sun-based attacks, um, which, you know, hey, sun-based attacks is cool by me. Uh, but I am interested to see how she's a support hero, and they, they directly mentioned how the last support hero they did, whose name I can never remember, I want to say Lifeweaver? Lifeweaver. Yeah, Lifeweaver. They, they mentioned specifically in the article about it that Lifeweaver was kind of a problem. Like people mm -hmm. were underwhelmed by Life Weaver. They didn't necessarily take to Life Weaver. And they've tried to make sure that Alari's kit is more immediately interesting to people, that, that they find it more worth their time. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but I haven't, you know, not, I don't currently play Overwatch because, my God, I've, how many games am I supposed to play? Jeez, guys. There's, there's, like so there's many. only so much time, only yeah. so many hours. At this point, I'm, I'm trying to juggle two of the densest games out there. <laughs> Uh, Noblo 4 and, and uh, Boulder's Gate 3, trying to juggle these two is like trying to juggle not some plates, but two entire hutches full of plates. <laughs> um, so yeah, but but that's out. Uh, you, you, know, I, you know about that. You going to say something, Liz? I do want to jump in with one kind of important thing about Diablo 4 patch 111 before we move over to questions. Okay. Which is a lot more legendary loot. And of course, yeah. we all play Diablo to get the loot. And uh, basically they're improving a lot of legendary drops like treasure goblins. Uh, they used to, uh, if you were level 35 or up treasure goblins had a 50% chance of dropping a legendary, but now the chance has uh, it's going to be, I believe it's a hundred percent after, after level 35, or at least it's greatly increased. So you're going to get, a lot more legendaries from treasure goblins. And I think treasure goblins have felt really kind of unrewarding, which is, Oh, oh you don't want to hear my rant about how I chased one treasure goblin through literally an entire, you know, the, the hellfire, you know, when the, when the zones got the hellfire thing yeah, going on. Yeah. I chased one, one goblin literally through the entirety of how is <laughs> the entirety of how is you know what he dropped for me? Blue pants. Yeah, yeah, it's been really sad. So increased legendary drops, like you should always get something that feels exciting when you kill a treasure goblin because it's it's a yeah. pain to chase those guys down and murder them. Yes, especially in, in Diablo 4 where they take a lot more hitting to kill. They are very hard to make die. It's quite, mm -hmm. a, it's quite irritating. Mm -hmm. so yeah, going that far and nothing, it, it is bugs. It is bothersome, yes. So I'm, I'm happy to hear about that. I hope they also You're bring in different kinds of legendaries mm -hmm. at some point. You're also getting a guaranteed legendary uh, for level 35 or up after you finish a Legion event, and you're getting a guaranteed legendary from bosses at level 35 and up. So bosses yeah. and dungeons, you're 100% going to get a legendary by running that dungeon if you're level 35 or higher. Below that, it's, you know, it's the same. It's a roll of the dice. Yeah, but I think that's a good change. Loot! Uh, yeah. Loot. I love loot. When you're running dungeons at high level, like when I was running them when I was leveling up, I remember like getting to a point where I'm like, there's no point to doing this unless I'm doing it just for the whispers, you know, mm -hmm. there's no other reason to do this. So yeah, that's, that's a good change. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's it. Um, so we're going to move on to some questions. We got a few here. Uh, one, one I'm pretty sure is aimed at Joe, but they didn't actually say, uh, so if you have a question for us, you can either email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show. Or you can go to our Discord. Um, we've got two Discords. One is for non-patrons because we, you know, we love all of you and we want to get all your questions and have you guys support us all the ways you can. Um, that's uh, you know, the, the Q and Podcast Questions channel. Uh, at this point, 
I, I wanted to do the thing Joe does where he talks about how you can support our podcast, but I can't remember it. So Joe. Absolutely. So, I mean, supporting our podcast is one of the more important things that we ask of you because, well, it is. It, it is. It's important. Um, so if you can't support us monetarily as a Patreon sub, uh, subscriber, which, again, if you are a Patreon subscriber, we appreciate that. Um, you can always send us uh, questions, interact with us. We appreciate that. But if you listen to our podcast on any of the uh whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, any of those uh, those items, share our content with people, leave comments, uh, give it the upvotes if some of them have them. Like it's varied across the board, but all of that stuff matters. And one of the things that we don't talk about is our podcasts are generally available on YouTube as well, mm-hmm. and uh, sharing those, giving those likes, and things like that as well help immensely. So while we appreciate our Patreon supporters, there are other ways that you can support us. Uh, and as far as the questions go, if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, make sure you send those in. Uh, Matt, do you want to take it from there? Sure. Uh, you can also, you know, go to our Patreon uh, podcast, you know, Patreon Q and Podcast Christmas channel on Discord. If you're a patron, because, you know, we look there first because that's one of the deals we made when we set up our Patreon. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's useful. Uh, thank you guys very much. I think the questions we have today come from that. Um, and you can email them to us as well at, uh, you know, our email address is podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. Uh, so we know it's for this show. And uh, I'm going to just read the questions so that these two can <laughs> focus on answering them this week because I'm having a decent eye day. So we'll start off with this one that I'm positive is aimed at Joe. <laughs> With the release of Mortal Kombat 1, I am constantly wondering what it would be like if other games I enjoy got a similar reboot. A crisis of infinite games, I suppose. Regardless, I now ask you all, if you could reboot and shape the destiny of a game, what game would you choose and how would you reboot it? And don't say Age of Sigmar, please. Corn Age, uh, Age of Sigmar is a perfect cinnamon roll and I will not change that game because it made fantasy playable. Um... You know, some of them are actually already getting reboots, which I think is interesting. There's a new Armored Core. It is essentially an attempt to reboot the everything. Like, that's fantastic. Um, but I'm going to go on a weird one here, or I mean, maybe not really a weird one, but one that people I don't think would expect from me. I want to see a resurgence of point-and-click adventure games. In particular, Ooh. games like Grim Fandango, which are one of my all-time Ooh. favorite Right now, yes. imagine imagine a Grim Fandango with modern, uh, you know, tools available to it, having that same quality of writing, the same quali- quality of adventure. And we've seen some indie attempts at moving into sort of the point and click adventure scene. And some of them are very, very successful and very well done. But I'd like to see what something with a little more money behind it could do, especially with something like Grim Fandango which could be just an epic, like multi-game spanning uh, thing. It wasn't too long ago. I want to say it was like me. Well, it, it sounds like it's a long time ago. I think I want to say it was like 2008 to 2011, somewhere in that range. They brought back the Sam and Max games and those were great. Like they were remastered. They were, they played very, very smoothly. The humor still hit like in, they released um, another, point and click adventure game for that was acting as the fourth back to the future movie where they got Christopher Lloyd to come back and do voice acting for it. And they got somebody who sounded very much uh, like, why can't I remember his name now? Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Who sounded very much like Michael J. Fox to take over that role since Michael J. Fox couldn't at the time. Uh, Like those were really cool ideas. And I think that's a genre that is sort of, fallen off of mainstream radar in in place of like ARPGs or MMOs. So I if I could reboot games similar to how like Mortal Kombat and fighting games are getting a resurgence because it's not just Mortal Kombat. Street Fighter 6 just released. Uh and that is a wild uh like re I wouldn't say a reimagining because it's still a fighting game, Isn't but it's more of a soft reboot though. I mean it's, it is it's, it is a soft reboot. That the stuff from before did happen. It's just now we're tw- like 10 years later. Yes. And everybody's changed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's a soft reboot, but like Mortal Kombat was an interesting one. Mortal Kombat one may sound weird to people, but we just got done going through Mortal Kombat 11, which I played through the story. And at the end of that one, spoilers for a game that's like three years old, four years old at this point, um, you reset the universe and Raiden 
gives Liu Kang the power of Kronos and himself so that he can reshape the pantheon and reshape the universe and sort of like learn from the gods' mistakes. So instead of having like Mm -hmm. a pantheon of gods, Liu Kang is the god who is sort of in charge of everything else now because that's how they decided to reboot everything. So you got a whole new universe with a whole new world with Liu Kang in the role of Raiden uh, and the other gods and just sort of like restarting everything. And it made sense in terms of the world because everything had gotten way too complicated. And they even mention it in Mortal Kombat 11, like uh, which you wouldn't expect would have a solid story, but it did. Um, <laughs> it did but you know what the weird thing about Mortal Kombat 11 was, hmm. you know who the best character to play was Shang Tsung spawn because they got Keith David to do the yes. voice and, and he's just brilliant because they, the worst thing, weirdest thing about Mortal Kombat games. And we really are getting on a tangent here, but they, <laughs> they incorporate all the characters they bring in who aren't Mortal Kombat characters into the story. Yeah. Robocop, uh, Rambo, uh, Rambo, Jason, Terminator. yeah, Jason, <laughs> Jason, uh, Freddy, uh, Leatherface. Like those are all, these are all made appearances in Mortal Kombat and have stories. The, the alien, um, like the xenomorph alien, um, like these have all made an appearance, but not getting too in the weeds there that sort of helped revitalize. Like I will honestly say that that helped revitalize, I think bringing fighting games back to mainstream because now even like riot is, is got project L which is the league of legends fighting game where it's all the characters and all the heroes, or at least right now there's, I think there's only four playable right now uh, in the demo. Uh, which they showed out at, off at Evo to 2023, but without Mortal Kombat being a huge success again with Mortal Kombat 10 and 11, and now rebooting the universe into Mortal Kombat 1 and starting the franchise fresh again, or Street Fighter finally releasing Street Fighter 6, the fighting genre probably would not have gotten so much hype and be back to mainstream and having sort of a resurgence. And I'm going to shut up here in a second, but I think we could do we we're due for something that will point and click adventures. Liz, what do you think? So I, I want to ask you something about yours, which you're talking about Grim Fandango, a game yes. that I loved. In a reboot like this, you know, Mortal Kombat 1 is, like you said, it's rebooting the universe. It's coming in with a new story starting from the beginning. Again, would you take Grim Fandango in that direction and do a new storyline? See, that's the thing, though, because Grim Fandango was a, or like established an entire universe, right? Uh-huh. Like, it established an entire afterlife. Grim Fandango is what I think of when I think of like the Shadowlands and the afterlife. I'm not going to yes. lie, right? It's so good. Uh, and if it, you, if anyone out there has not played Grim Fandango, go play Grim Fandango. It was recently remastered. You yes. can get it on any platform. Play the game. It's so good. Don't don't take the train if you're not willing to go to where it's going. Yep. Um, but it also like I wouldn't change what happened in Grim Fandango. Mm-hmm. I would continue stories in that universe. Mm-hmm. Right. Because let's be honest, that had one of the best game endings of all time. Wow. Yes, so good. Yeah. So, good. so like I would not change that. I don't want to take that away from it, but I would do something like what Street Fighter is doing, where I would do the soft reboot of of like let's say mm-hmm. Grim Fandango, where like here's an indeterminate amount of time later and here's how things have changed and let's move on to the next adventure, still set in the same familiar universe. Like that's when I think things are at their best. When you completely tear them down and start from scratch. Mortal Kombat being an exception because they made it work and it's still familiar enough because like Shang Tsung's still there and there's still the other realms and a lot of the other characters are still they still exist because of how it ended. It still feels familiar. It's not completely foreign versus how many games have we seen completely try to reimagine themselves or reboot themselves, erase everything that came before them and just completely fail because it's not what players expect. So, I remember Devil May Cry actually did that. and They then, did, and like, then they, they walked it back. They, they were like, okay, next game is going to be the original one again. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. And which is a shame because like that reboot, that reimagining was very, very good. They just missed the well, mark. Nobody wanted just, it. Yeah, nobody wanted it, right? And that's the problem is that nobody wanted it, and they didn't really have the, the audacity to stick people, with it. People yeah. wanted Devil May Cry 5 and Capcom did what Capcom does and screwed it up and said, we're going to release a brand new game that's a reboot of the universe and a complete reset. And while I played it and I played and beat that game 
and I streamed it. Actually, I streamed me playing that game when it was released. It was the early days of me streaming. Uh, and it was very good. It felt like it wasn't a Devil May Cry game. And that was mm. the problem, right? And so then they were like, okay, fine. And they relented and they gave us Devil May Cry 5, which is fantastic. And I absolutely adore that game. Because where else can I surf on a robot arm while I'm punching a demon and a devil? It's great. Um, but it also did some of its, like, uh, Devil May Cry 4 was also an attempt at a soft reboot with Nero, right? Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be popular enough because it was still set in the same universe. So to answer your question, Liz, and go back to it, soft reboot, <laughs> everything that happened before still happened, but you move on with yeah. different stories set in the same universe mm-hmm. to re sort of invigorate that, that sort of IP. Now, mm-hmm. now you have to answer. <laughs> see, I don't have a good answer. I can think of a lot of games that I would like to see remastered in a big way, but you know, my favorite games they're my favorite games because I love them. I love them so much I, as they are, even with all their flaws. I think I know what Matt's going to say, but I'm really curious if I'm right. So, like, you want me to I go think, or is Liz still going? <laughs> I mean, I think of games like uh, like Dragon Age 2, which is a great game. But if you revisited that game today with new technology, additional resources, you could up the graphical fidelity. We could have two caves. You could have two caves, or maybe even three. <laughs> Get out of here with that nonsense. Three caves. <laughs> if you played Dragon Age 2, which has maybe the best story of any Dragon it's so Age game. so good. It's so good, but like every fight is in the same cave or like hey, the same fair, hillside. To, to be fair, there are a bunch of different caves in the DLC. They add more <laughs> caves later. <laughs> but it's like you, you you could really expand and it's like uh you know they were releasing dragon age games really really rapidly so i can see where maybe you don't have enough time to make more than one cave but you could really up that you could really make kirkwall feel like a character which i think kirkwall in the dragon age 2 it really is such a huge part of the story the story is about the development of Kirkwall, which you see through the eyes of your character and the characters surrounding them. But Kirkwall never quite feels like a character, you know, like in Diablo four sanctuary is such a core part of the world. Or, or night city as a character or night city in 2077, right? Like we talk about that a lot where it is very much a character. Yeah. I think I know when you're saying that though, because dragon age two has that, like it, you can feel like you find little notes, you find little things like where it's trying to lead you that way. But mm-hmm. because of the way the story is structured, I don't want to say hobbled, but structured. Yeah, it, it's harder for for it to get there. I I think I, I get for one thing, it's not just the caves. You you run through the same part of Kirkwall, and it's always the same place. Yeah, yeah. There's it's not a- enough Kirkwall for it to really work. Yeah, it's a very small area with very limited graphical fidelity. It doesn't feel like a part of the universe. And if you really upped that and made Kirkwall bigger, gave you more places to explore, more characters to meet that you could just talk to and get a feel for the world and a feel for the world in more eyes than like your handful of companions, you could really, that could really loom over you how you're watching an era pass with these great changes in Kirkwall that are representative of the great changes throughout the world. I think you could make that. It's already a really great game. I love it. But I think you could really take it up to the next level and make it something like magnificent if you revisited it and with like the resources and the mindset to take it up. That's all. all. You can go, Matt. Matt, I'm curious. Blackthorn. Yep. All right. I was right. (laughs) (laughs) If you you look at Blackthorn, (laughs) it, it is a nuts story. Yeah. Like it is, it is bonkers if you actually look at the story like it is it is weirdly it's like a quintessential blizzardian story in that it it feels an awful lot like the first draft of what they did in diablo 3 with with anu and tathamet it it feels it also feels like a lot like um do you remember the game another world Mm -hmm. it feels a lot like that too yeah, it does certainly have elements of another world because it is also like nowadays it's a very popular genre to have like people from our world go to like a fantasy world that they play in like the rules of a, of a tabletop RPG or a video game mm-hmm. like sword art online or uh, Kieran Gillian's die. 
or half of and, the animes that are currently being released. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Blackthorn kind of has that going on because you're like you you have your character who goes from Earth where he's Kyle Blackthorn, I believe is his name. Yep. Uh, yeah, Kyle Blackthorn. He comes to he comes from Earth to this world of like you know. I don't want to say like Androth. No, Tool. Tool is the name of the world. Androth is one of the characters. Um, but he goes to Tool and then he finds out he's the prince of Tool. And there's just like a lot of stuff going on. And it is like, I would totally take this ridiculous bonkers like lore and I would like, I'd work on it, but I wouldn't get rid of much of it. I don't think I'd actually toss anything. I'd just add more to it. Like, cause the idea that, you know, tool was ruled by a sorcerer. First of all, the, the place is named tool T U U L. You can't stop calling it tool. It's like, Oh my God. Um, I would definitely try to like amp up the weirdness of it. Like how there's like a last shaman who blows himself up uh, into good and evil in order to try and protect the world. And it's just like, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really, really blizzardy story in terms of the gameplay i mean it was a really good platformer Mm -hmm. i don't want to make a platformer um but i i definitely feel like you could do something interesting with a with a a game genre that blizzard keeps trying to make and then stopping um they've Mm -hmm. tried to make a first person adventure shooter like three times now And they keep like ghost. Oh no, we're not going to do that. Uh, they were working on one based in the Starcraft universe again called air. Like they were one called Ares. And then they didn't do that. Uh, and then there was the one that they were working on for overwatch and they didn't do that. So they keep going up to that line. Blackthorn is the game for this. Like in terms of gameplay, take Turok, throw it in a blender with some methamphetamines. <laughs> That's the gameplay. It's just nuts. You are blowing up all sorts of weird monsters with military equipment from, you know, Earth. And good, we're done. Wrap, print, have people just all the weird stuff in this game. Like, it is it is really nuts. Uh, I, I feel like people who haven't played Blackthorn don't understand just how odd it is. <laughs> how, in a way, it is like the blueprint for Blizzard. Like, a lot of the weird stuff Blizzard does. Like apparently, they even rotoscoped the sprites. Mm-hmm. Like just like they did P- Prince of Persia, and yeah. it's got a lot of Prince of Persia. In its yeah, DNA they thing. they you can definitely see it shares a lot of the uh, the de- the development DNA there, right? Yeah, I would definitely say, and I just think you know making it now. If I were remaking it, if I were given the ability to do so, to make an actual straight up reboot, I would retell the story and make it less absolutely ridiculous, but still like try to keep all the elements. I think I mean one change I would consider is is you know, changing the, the primary character to a woman just because we need more of those in games, but also because Jim Lee drew the original cover art. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, look at this man's ridiculous chest. Uh, I feel kind of like inadequate every time I see him. Jim Lee, got- who's now the creative, uh, creative, uh, the chief creative officer of DC comics, just yeah, throwing that at, out there at the time he was a Marvel's big guy. Yep. And yeah, it's just, Maybe let people like actually choose the gender of their protagonist. I think that's one of the cool things about Assassin's Creed nowadays. The last couple of Assassin's Creed games let you choose the gender of your protagonist. Yeah, the games, the games that let you do that, even like Diablo lets you do that. Like the games that let you do that give you more agency because, and I've been saying this for years, right? Like remaking some of these older games and allowing for representation in them is sometimes. You know, like it seems like such a minor thing, but it's such a huge thing to so many people. How many games did you try to play that you just couldn't connect with in some manner? You didn't have that vehicle of of immersion and you just didn't finish or you didn't play all the way through because you just didn't have anything really connecting you to it versus, hey, I get a chance to make something that, you know, I can identify with in some form or capacity. Sweet. I'm in. Like, yeah, it draws you in and lets you actually experience things easier. So. Yeah, but yeah, I think we're going to try to get one more in because we're already a little bit tight on time. So next one is from Corey. Uh, question for Liz, what would it take for you to join up with the old god? <laughs> I mean, transmog. Know, yes, that is true. Anyone <laughs> who offers me transmog, as long as it's good transmog, I, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. Um, d- but really, you know, Nazoth only wanted to help out. Didn't he only come to help us? in this world to i mm, this guy wasn't so bad and if he showed up at my house with a plate of cookies i would be like okay yeah let's eat some cookies i, I just 
Where are you going with I, this? Let's I, find out. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it would take very much. Are raisins? Because, are void cookies just raisins? Mm, I'm okay with this. I like no, raisins. I'm hoping mm, not. No, mm, no ra- raisins. Yeah, are toxic to dogs, man. Uh, yeah, and raisins and cookies seems like. You know, it's like you pick up the cookie and you think, oh, yeah, chocolate chip cookie. And then you take a bite and it's like oatmeal raisin. And then, no, no, that's not okay. So you it just showed up. The worst thing about that is that oatmeal chocolate chip cookies are really good. <laughs> See, so I, don't, like, and I, don't ah. like, I don't like chocolate all that much. So I'm all about the raisins. Anyway, continue. The raisins, I, raisins are toxic. I, I just mean, I don't think it would take that much. A lot of characters in Warcraft are just jerks and if you show up with some modicum of courtesy and maybe some cookies and some transmog definitely some transmog it's like you know i'm cool with that i'm cool with that also our warcraft characters are infamous for making bad terrible life choices so this kind of fits with the theme an old god shows up in stormwind or orgrimmar and is like here i have this big plate of cookies wouldn't you like a delicious cookie? And also, you can have a fancy hat. And we would all go for that, right? Like, the entire Warcraft universe would go for it, and then we would slip into the void, and it would be a whole different game. I'm one of the rare people that I did not actually, like, want to keep yeah, the hat. Either. I got rid of I that as soon as I could. I honestly didn't even do the quest because I didn't want to even get started and on it. My character just got the, I got the thing saying, hey, the, they want you to, you know, find, figure out what's going on with this, those those Naga. And I'm like, nope, and didn't even do it. Just watched See, the video because I'm just like, nope, I will be pure. <laughs> the problem with that hat was that it was not, it was an ugly hat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't want to walk around with an eyeball on my forehead forever. But, you know, what if it was a nice top hat? I, you know, give me something fashionable, a pair of sunglasses. I always wear sunglasses. Because My problem is that really as, cool. you're, as you're saying this, though, I keep remembering Nizoth's mouths, not Nizoth, <laughs> uh, Yogg-Saron's mouths, all the mouths. I just imagine the top hat, big mouth opening, <laughs> sunglasses, big mouth, big mouth opening. I'm like, no, I can't every time. So, yeah, I, I don't think I would go that way, but I get what you're saying. You know, quite frankly, uh, there were times where I was like, you know, Arthas has a point. So, yeah. <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. The the bad guys in World of Warcraft and the bad decisions all of us make, it does kind of fit into the theme where if an old god showed up and he was nice enough, we might just say, hmm, okay, you have any cookies for me? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> just like the idea of this half knocking on your door. Hi, I've got some cookies. Don't scream. <laughs> But uh, I guess that's going to wrap us up um, for today. I'm going to like get Joe to do the thing he does, which he does better than I do. So, Joe. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast sighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast with a queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, and remember the thing Joe said earlier about um, helping us via promoting our various podcasts. That's super important. You can go to, to YouTube and, you know, like comment, uh, even like, you know, t- tell people how much you like them. And you can go you know, play, plenty of other places you can go to. Sure, sharing, go the link, sharing the link on Spotify actually does really help because it and YouTube in general. And the reason we mentioned those is because those are algorithm driven. So mm-hmm. the more our content is shared, the more those platforms share our content. Uh, yeah, it seems counterintuitive, but it does check for that. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where you can get to a tipping point where, you know, a lot of this stuff is done by the site and you don't have to worry about it as much. So yeah, please. Absolutely. Go ahead, Liz. And also our podcasts are completely supported by listeners like you who support us on Patreon. I understand not everyone is able to financially support us, but these podcasts are completely supported by listeners. If you enjoy the podcast and you can chip in a dollar, anything, it really helps. And if you just like listening to us, that's cool too. We're happy to have you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Again, if you have an email, you know, go ahead and send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. So I'll be playing podcast at blizzardwatch. Uh, you can hit us up on Discord. We got two channels there. There's the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel and the Q and Podcast Question channel for non patrons. So you can hit us up there as well. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we're all on Blue Sky now. Like, uh, I think uh, some of us. I haven't actually posted anything on Blue Sky mm-hmm. yet. 
So a lot of I, a lot of the staffers are starting to head over there. So uh, you can find a bunch of us over there. Yeah. So if you want to look for us um, on Blue Sky, you can probably send us messages or at least add us there. Um, I still have the app that is no longer Twitter. I feel like I'm talking about Prince, um, <laughs> but I still have that app, and I will keep it for a while longer just because I know some people can only find me there. But uh, I'm generally moving towards an other social media's platforms right now for obvious reasons, because who yeah. knows what it'll even be named next week. Mm, um, I'm I'm mostly using Mastodon these days, but I haven't really decided where Blizzard Watch is going. Uh, I mean, we're still on Twitter. Again. Yeah, just the problem is that I, I have to I manually know. post things so on I'm, other networks. So what I'm hearing is, is that I need to go ahead and uh, build a machine and do an installation so that we have our own Mastodon. Got it. <laughs> no one's stopping you man but anyway thank you guys so much for being here with us this has been the blizzard watch podcast and we'll be back next week hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details